Well, hey, folks, welcome. Here we are, the Not Necessarily Mad podcast with me, Eric Hollinsworth, and G.B. Meyer. Well, thanks for joining us. This is the last episode of three that were pulled from a conversation G.B. and I had about our influence as songwriters, some of our processes, and how we've arrived at this point in our songwriting. As with most folks, we are still doing the safe-at-home thing and are recording remotely. You may experience some digital static during this last episode. Still, very much worth the listen. So let's get right to it. What you said about the Beatles, I think um, I'm going to go back to that for a second because uh, it's it's curious to me how uh, I am such a Beatles fan and they definitely inhabit a lot of my taste, um, a lot of what I listen to because obviously they were driving popular music and where it was heading right. in the 60s and a lot of what it responded to or became in the 70s and, and even in uh, the sense of pop song for what would be... Uh, MTV ready, um, right? And what kind of formula w- would fit? Um, it's it's the strangest thing. They are not they are not inside of my um, they're not inside of my lyric wheelhouse, and that's not to say that I don't love them, which I do, particularly George Harrison. Um, yes, but they they don't they don't inhabit that primary writer's space that these others that I mentioned do, and it's it's a weird thing like that. Uh, well, you know, and and I think that might be the difference, and and we probably will get into this a little bit when we talk about how, you know our processes in in songwriting. True. Um, uh, where I come at it probably more at a at a melody chordal structural type situation, and then the lyrics will come from that. And I think you may work lyrically forward. That is absolutely correct. It's it works on paper before I do anything with it. Right. And, yeah. and for me, you know, for me, I think it, it, the, the, the melody in my head or the melody that I'm coming up with to match the chord progression that I just scratched through and said, oh, that, that's kind of cool. And I'll start humming a melody, whistling a melody, changing the key yeah. to get that same progression in, a, in an easier place to sing or whatever. And, and usually shortly thereafter, though, the, the lyrics will start. Yeah, and and there, and, and there have been a few. There have been a couple times where, like a a phrase has like I, I wrote. It's a swamp boogie kind of two beat thing that Jeff and I do called "It Is What It Is," <laughs> and it 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 follows a very simple uh, blues form. You know the one four five chord progressions, and but lyrically. You know, after he came up with a lick, and we were like, all right, that's great. You can't do the whole song doing that. It's got to have structure. And then when the structure came and started writing, it it all kind of fell into place like really quickly. But it was all based off of you know just a silly phrase that we say all the time. It's like, hey man, how's it going? It is what it is, baby. It is what it is. <laughs> and and you know you go on about your business, and I think. For me, that might have been one of the two or three of the good ones that you know came lyrically first, or our spark a lyric came first, and then getting into that. But I'm thinking you you probably I know you're a writer. I've seen right. You write. So that that story you just told would go this way. 
I would hear that and said in a funny manner and it would be a joke. And I would say that is that is a tautology that I hear everywhere I go. It's pedestrian. It's quotidian. Quoti- quotidian tautology. What Ooh. is a quotidian tautology? And then I'd pick it apart. Then I'd find stories around it. Then I'd get frustrated with it. Then I'd find another thing later on that reminded me of that. And then I'd connect those two things. And then suddenly there might be with those two those two things hitting a, a, a um, something dynamic, some kind of activity between right. the two. And next thing I know, I've got a story or a phenomena that I want to write about. And then boom, it's it, it becomes lyrical. So um, gotcha. Yeah, that's more like my process. That makes sense. Now, now musically, do you do you ever come up with something and you go, "Ooh, that would be cool to put some lyrics over top of"? Because I know you've worked that way with our buddy Christian before, where he's had like sonic ideas and you've you've put lyrics yeah. to them. Well, so the thing is, um, I can do that, and um, that it's not my primary process but it is something I enjoy doing but kind of like your story earlier when given um, when given a problem to solve and given the constraints and the structures um, it's not a bad thing it actually allows you to eliminate a lot of choices and it can clear a lot of clutter away right so if I decide I want to write about something and I want you know and I need to figure out what that needs to say um, how revealing I'm going to be in the way that I say it, how I do that while making making sure that I'm conveying a point and not betraying what I have to say about it, or how I really talk. Uh, right. All these things together uh, can that that can be a little overwhelming to come at uh, blank slate. But if Christian says, "Hey, you know, this needs another verse," um, well, I've already got all of it put together. We already know what we're doing, and then I just need to think about what we have done so far and just imagine what more there is to say about it and so that's a little bit easier to do right for me it's just uh, i'll put an instrumental in there (laughs) (laughs) and uh, and so this is why so much of what i create is so wordy because i have no place to put the instrumental i don't know i don't know how to do that (laughs) (laughs) if it's not going to follow the chord uh, chord progression with maybe a little bit of an intro and an exit then i'm you know i'm in trouble right 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 (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. So tell me tell me a little bit about how how you've evolved as a writer, how you're getting getting to where you getting to where you are now and and, and doing what you're doing. Where how did it start? Where did what what's your timeline? Uh um Well, so I would say that I've first of all I've been I have I figured out by the time I was probably about seven or eight that I wanted to uh, write things, and I had a uh, I had a small homework notepad I bought for twenty five cents to be my poem notebook. I can still see it. It was green and white marble covered, small spiral bound on the side, and uh, so I have I have been. Fiddling with writing in, a, in, I think, a form that would ultimately land as a combination of poems or prose poems. Very few short stories, never anything longer than that. And I, I took some creative writing in college, but ultimately, you know, I settled on, on psychology as a course of study, which, I don't know, um, had, its, had its own twist of why that was helpful. But writing was really 
was the important thing. And I taught myself to play guitar um, by ear. I still don't really know any music theory. I've, I haven't really had any instruction. Um, but because by the time I was in college, I think I would figured out that um, the writing that I was doing, I wanted to direct that in a, uh, in a, in a lyrical form. It, it went well with performing art, live music right. that I enjoyed so much and just translated into lyrical content is where I, where I wanted to focus. And I, I, that's where I started tracking myself uh, at that point. And I, I did that for I did that for a while, like uh, you know, uh, s slow and building on top of uh, you know each year a little bit more than the next, um, until you know there's this there's this long period where I stopped and um, you know and it kind of went through this hibernation, right? Um, and and I mean, just totally dormant during that time. Uh, not not totally. Uh, I was writing only a little enough to uh, sort of, I guess, keep me alive uh, in some sense. Uh, but it was it was directionless. It uh, it never went anywhere. It was all on scraps of paper and pages of other notebooks. Um, I mean, it was more than a fallow period. It was it was a real hibernation, and you know, it was a it was a very long period of time too. It's 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 a little actually, it's a little frustrating to think about uh, I mean it but it comes it comes with its own story and I mean and there's value in that but it was it was I'd say a 15-year window from when um, from when uh, my friend uh, Christian and I our friend Rich died in 96 and, um, and that was that was quite the loss and after that I just kind of wandered away from from the writing and honestly within I don't know, within sometime in 96, even Christian and I kind of drifted away. And, you know, he began his adventure down in South Carolina, down the Palmetto State. Right. And went to follow widespread panic and all the other good stuff. Um, so that, I wasn't, no, I really wasn't. And in fact, um, so it was like, it was like 15 years later where suddenly I heard from Christian one day, that's in the early days of Facebook, it wasn't quite the blight that it that it's become, but... <laughs> um, Back when the cool kids were playing, all yeah, that. yeah, he found. I mean, really, I mean, it's really cool. He found me not long after he signed up, and uh, and uh, and that is where the hibernation be uh, began its end, and where the present period started. So, so much of what I do as a writer is is not only just uh, not only invested in Christian as a partner. It's that I kind of came back to life uh, as a friend and brother, uh, just with him. I mean, it was just the simplest thing. He just was like, hey, you know, um, you know, hey, you remember Tobacco Fire? Do you still have that? Do you have anything else? And right. the, the only, the only, fortunately, I still had Tobacco Fire and another song called Lucky in some of the chords and an approximate playing of them. Christian really kind of reinvented them. Right. Um, I mean, and so they're, those are as collaborative as anything else we've done, but they were originally stuff that I'd done with Rich and... Uh, then he was like, "Hey, you want to write some lyrics for me, just for kicks? See how it goes." And I, in June of 2011, I sent him Apogee. It's a great uh, tune. Yeah, thank you. And uh, he was like, "Oh yeah, that works." And I, th I think I got it to him in the first week, and it was a song that he was playing by the end of the month. I mean, it was a really exciting start. And yeah, yep. I, I mean, I think you've seen you've seen 
some of that evolution, you know, we, he's got quite the, the catalog of things that we've worked on together. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, and I'm not sure, I mean, I don't, I don't want to sound too dramatic or overstated, but I'm not sure how old I'll be when I can fully understand how much it changed the my course of writing or not writing, and then really ultimately uh, who I am as a person right now. Uh, right, it's a him little short. A little short-sighted to be hindsighted at this point. <laughs> it, it, it is. But I can tell you that uh, it, it, it feels bigger than I can get my eyeballs on. Let's just say that. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and, and great tunes. And he, he does a wonderful, wonderful job with them. Well, um, you know, my process has been since 2011, it's been write and then submit. And no matter how much I like it or might not like it, the agreement we have is if it makes its way out of like scribbles, and into something that I actually complete, that I give it to him. And so he has worked with things that I had not seen much value in. It's 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 exciting and it's frustrating. There have been things that I've written I really love that we haven't used. Right. And then there have been things that I, I just I, I didn't see I didn't see the value in, which he's turned into something that I love. So the song Working Line right. uh, felt very aspirationally desperate when i wrote it and he turned that into something beautiful um, right uh sleeping in at the sleepover that, yes. that was mostly me trying to overcome a block right and, and, I was, and he and he and i we sat down and worked out arrangements to that and it's turned into a very fishy like song I mean, it, it <laughs> right. has counter counter melodies and and uh uh secondary harmonies that are just really but it, it's it's just such a catchy tune. It has such a good rhythmic flow to the to the lyrics. Well, his you know his sense of song and what he's able to just uh, uh, you know even in the way he's he, even in the way he talks or tells a story, he understands he understands how to use that voice of his, and right. that comes through in how he plays and how he sings. And uh, I mean, so it, it's. I mean, beyond all the other things I've said, it's just, I mean, that's a pleasure just, you know, hearing something that I've, you know, written uh, come to life and something that he has, uh, you know, uh, composed and, and sung. Um, right. You know, but I, I, I have some, I mean, I have a few, I won't call them rules or anything, I don't know. I have a, I have a few guidelines when I write for him. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, so he, He's got his own style of lyric, which only keeps getting stronger, and um, you know, and, I, and which I love. And I try to present options for him outside of his own usual uh, bailiwick. So I try to avoid uh, try to avoid first person songs, or at least that that lean too heavily on singing about I this and I that. And right. if if I do start a song with the pronoun I, or if it's all about you know, um, I went down the block to now, no, no. Um, I've got. To, I have to have a reason for for approaching it that way, and I also right. try to pick up a new story or an idea that's outlandish, maybe, or something that just wouldn't ever come to mind. I mean, um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of one one to come to mind right now. I mean, I can tell you that you know, um, sleepover um, was. Uh, was originally about um, a, a demon inhabiting a bed. Um, I'm not sure where that came from, but I, I had, but you know, he, he, he found a more benign use for that in terms of yes. a personality disorder, not, not, yeah. not a literal yeah. demon. 
And uh, what, I mean, well, it depends on your point of view, <laughs> right? Um, so, but you know, um, you know, a big part of taking a new approach is, you know, I, I've, I've over the years now, I've probably handed over, uh, I'd say roughly, roughly seventy complete lyrics to him, not including, you know, stuff that I've um, maybe. Uh, helped him work on that he's written and um, you know so part of taking this new approach means I've gone back into the catalog and said you know I like this one what about that one and have been looking to rework them and kind of re-promote them as how about this and it's been a great exercise for me for for two reasons one is it's forced me to pick back up the guitar uh, which I also really put down and just quit like around 96 and um and and to get back into that and then also uh to come at these songs that work on paper and then discover where they don't or or why hey you know what i don't think he's i don't think he's latching onto this because you know it's it's in a very peculiar and not very uh not very christian style and you know christian x style and so um and, and then I think finally, you know, uh, I took some, I, I, I took some, um, I, I workshopped a little, I took some instruction from a guy named Willie D.E. Uh, Denton Edmondson. He's a mm-hmm. uh, Charlottesville, Richmond uh, singer-songwriter, Willie D.E. Gotcha. Uh, young guy, he's really cool. And, uh, you know, he, he taught me a number of things, but one of the things he pointed out to me is if you haven't learned how to talk, say what a song is about in a pretty simple sentence, then you're really not finished connecting with what it is you're trying to say. I mean, that the song is about blah. If it doesn't really flow, then you're not really, you're not really connected with what you've created. And um, which was a very good lesson for me because a lot of the ones I'm reworking, what I handed Christian was lyrics. And then in the notes section, there's a whole nother page of me explaining kind of this and kind of that. Um, and, uh, and I hadn't finished doing my homework. That's it for this episode, and as we wrap up, we want to thank those that have chosen to listen. You can catch the last of this conversation in episode six of the Not Necessarily Mad podcast. Let your friends know that they can find the Not Necessarily Mad podcast in the podcast section of Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, and at madfamworld.com. Stay safe.